Hey everyone, before we get started with the podcast, if I could please get you to go to your podcast listener app or website of choice and rate us and leave a review for us to read out on the podcast, especially if it's five stars, it really helps us with the algorithm. And also, if you have someone else in your friend group or family who loves Survivor, tell them about us because if you all do that, we grow by double. That's just math. And with that, let's get into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Castaway Consultants, where we try to teach future Survivor players how to play the game by criticizing and evaluating current and former players. And in today's episode, I am so excited to say that we are revisiting, me for the first time, visiting Season 15, Survivor China. I'm your first host, Derek Kubitschek, and... I am joined today by my two lovely, fabulous, beautiful co-hosts. That's so nice. Uh, I'm Ryan Stacy. I'm your resident Survivor superfan who knows everything there is to know about Survivor and very little about most other things. Fortunately, we're talking about Survivor <laughs> and not most other things. And I'm Josh. I am a near super fan. Uh, I've watched almost every single season of Survivor. I only have three left to go. You take uh, your sweet time watching them. And I'm taking my sweet time watching them. And this particular season, season 15, is near and dear to my heart. Uh, it is one that, might I say, might be one of the most memorable uh, seasons that we've covered to date. Spoilers. Uh, and Josh yeah. is our memorability consultant. So D- Dang right. I last watched China here uh, in January 2018. I actually found the month that I watched it. Wow. Uh, and I probably just binged right through it in a few days, honestly, <laughs> uh, because that'd be uh, just peak winter time <laughs> yeah but yeah uh it's been what would that be a little over three years at this point so and quite a bit from the season makes it through those three years as being memorable so it's a, it's a fun one yeah uh china's got a pretty good reputation i think that holds up yeah china's fun yeah and if you're new around here i derek this is the first time that i have seen this season because I, i've purposely kind of reined myself in on binging these seasons so that I can come in podcast with with you guys and for the listeners out there so that if you're listening for the first time, you can listen to me, your friend, watch these seasons of Survivor for the first time over. I mean, again, the point is for us to watch it in case you don't have time to, we'll tell you whether or not this is must-watch Survivor. And what I'll also do is promise to tell you if there was anything I did know. Going in blind, I didn't think that I knew anything. There was one small spoiler that I did kind of remember. It's not the winner. When we get to spoilers in this podcast, I can just disclose that. But it's not big, and it's not the winner. So yeah. I'm still really excited to, to get into this. So the point of this podcast is we we rewatch Survivor so you don't have to. You're probably really busy. Maybe not. But uh, there's a lot of Survivor. There's 40 seasons. We want you to watch all of them. But you might not be able to. And we're here to tell you which ones to pick and choose from if you can only watch a few. So before we get any further, you know, we're, we're just through the pre-merge. The first six episodes is Survivor China must-watch Survivor. Oh, absolutely. I say 100%. I think on entertainment alone, we've got a ton of great characters. Not all, you know, not everything is good, happy, and rosy. But what isn't so good isn't so bad that it kind of taints everything around it. This might be my favorite pre-merge to date. I'm actually having a hard time of thinking of something maybe more entertaining, maybe season seven. Uh, mm-hmm, even though I was, you know, I was getting a little bit tired of Rupert toward the end of that. This is not the case. I think that if anything, I'm excited for the buildup we have of characters. There are some different survivor. Well, I'll say two Oh two things going on, especially with idle hunting and stuff like that. I'm excited. So yes, this is must watch. So, you know, stop here, go watch it. If you haven't seen it. Yeah, absolutely. Echoing Derek on entertainment alone. There's also some really good characters here that you get in the in the pre-merge. There's a lot of I, would, I wouldn't even see a lot, but uh, 
like like Derek mentioned, just the advancement of just kind of the evolving game for like idols. It, idols are, it, it's it's the same but it's different. It, it's hard to explain it without spoilers, but it's the same but different. Um, but like I said, mostly on entertainment alone, I would absolutely recommend watching it. So I've been kind of rethinking what, at least for me, what does must-watch Survivor mean? In the context of this podcast, you know, there, I think there's two ways you can go about it. What is necessary for an education on how to win Survivor, right? And then there's entertainment. First and foremost, Survivor is supposed to be entertaining television. I think on the entertainment front, 100% hands down, one of, if not the best pre-mergers we've had so far. On the learning Survivor front, I, I, I can't say it's must-watch Survivor because I would say about 90% of the strategy is what not to do. <laughs> there's a lot of really bad gameplay here. Entertaining and hilarious. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, I love China. But it's a lot of what not to do, which we've covered in the past. Survivor Africa comes to mind. It's a lot of basically really piss-poor leadership is pretty much the theme here. <laughs> so I'm going to, in terms of just your Survivor education, I'm going to put this one step shy of must-watch. It's as close as you can be to being must-watch for your educational purposes without being must-watch. I highly recommend you go watch this. Highly, highly, highly. Please go watch China. I love China. But, yeah, it's just like there, there isn't... Yeah, there's some idle stuff, but I, I think it's like it's dynamic and entertaining. But so far, I won't quite say it's it's enough to make that must watch for an educational purposes only. But I need to make sure you understand entertainment wise. Absolutely. Right. And I mean, we have two kinds of listeners. too. Yes. You know, we've got the super fans. But then, you know, if you're rewatching or we're watching so you don't have to. This is one that is worth your time. Yes, it's 100 um, percent worth your time. Now, yes, we, we like to teach you how to play Survivor, and we're going to be able to touch on some of those things. I will agree with you, Ryan, though, that a lot of the, the, the good strategy that we see in the pre-merge is stuff that we've seen before, but it's kind of re-cementing it and maybe re-cementing it in different context because we have the modern idol, finally. Yeah. So I, I can't discredit anything you're saying if you're talking strictly from learning the game of Survivor that there might not be a lot new here. So I think in future, what I'll do is I'll give a must-watch. You know, I'll answer that question for both categories. But from here on out, spoiler alert, we're going to be spoiling uh, the entire pre-merge of Survivor China. Not the winner, Derek does not know who the winner is. I do not. But we're going to spoil everything in the pre-merge, so you've been warned. So get out of here. Uh, go watch Survivor China and come back. Go on, get. Three, two, one. How awesome is it that they hide the idols just in plain sight? Oh, I love it. It's awesome. It's it's one of the best uses of the hidden immunity idol, and we're going to get it again. And that's really exciting. And if I'm just, now that we're in the spoiler section, the one spoiler that I have slash didn't have is James finding the idol on, like, the, the I don't know if you call it, like, a, the beam around the arch. The gateway arch. And even though, it's like, sorry, it doesn't happen in, you know, the pre-merge, but he's going to go back to camp and find the other one as well. So... I know this. These are the only things that I know about China or the only things I think I know about China. Um, I mean, you knew one of the cast. Okay, I, I knew of the existence of PG yeah. uh, because I saw I saw Second Chances. Yeah. I did not know that she was going to be on Survivor China. So when we're going through the opening crawl, oh, PG, hi there. So now I'll see why you were voted in for Second Chance. But as for the one event that happened, I knew that James was the one to ultimately end up with the one idol and that he will get the second one. So that's all I knew. Okay. 
All right, let's go over this cast real quick. We only have 16 people. Now, before every season, before we, we start watching the episodes, Josh and I play a little game to see how many of the cast members he can remember. And based off the cast photo alone, he got 6 out of 16, which is one of his highest scores ever. Like, his highest one since season two. Yeah, absolutely. And it would have been higher if I had given him more than just one photo. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, yeah. And, and this happens This happens with every season where... Uh, so, I, I don't watch every episode, but what I do watch is the premiere, the merge, and the finale. So we all watch the the premiere together, and this happens every time. But these names are just coming up one after one, one after another, and I'm just like, oh, that's right. Yep, you, 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 you. Like I probably should have had closer to like ten people out of, out of the sixteen list, and and this is why I consider it must watch. Survivor is just because of how much staying power a lot of these characters have. Great cast. Let's go over them. Uh, let's start on the Fei Long tribe. We have Aaron Riceberger, a surfing instructor from California. Amanda Kimmel, a hiking guide from Los Angeles. Courtney Yates, a waitress from New York City. Denise Martin, a lunch lady from Massachusetts. James Clement, a gravedigger from Louisiana. Jean Robert Belande, a poker player from Las Vegas. Leslie Neese, a Christian radio host from South Carolina. And Todd Herzog, a flight attendant from Utah. And then we have the Jean Hu tribe. We have Ashley Massaro, the late Ashley Massaro, a professional wrestler from New York City, uh, died a few years back, sadly. We have Chicken Morris, a chicken farmer from Virginia. Dave Cruiser, a former model from California. Eric Huffman, a musician from Tennessee. Frosty Zernow, a student slash athlete from Chicago. Jamie Dugan, a student from South Carolina. PG Law, a jeweler from California. And Sharia Lloyd, an elementary teacher from Atlanta, Georgia. And that's our 16. Woo! And not that this matters, but a fun fact, I put in my Survivor Audition tape twice a year. I never knew that I was watching this, but I had seen Frosty's audition tape. So when he started doing parkour, I was like, I've seen this guy. <laughs> I've seen him before. All right. Guess ready to get into these episodes? Yeah. Yep. All right. Episode one, a chicken's a little bit smarter. The gang all arrives in China and we're going to go through a Buddhist welcoming ceremony. And Jeff Probst is very clear up front. This is not a religious ceremony. This is a welcoming ceremony. Leslie gets very offended by this ceremony and walks out, saying she is not super religious, but has a, a personal relationship with Jesus, and then proceeds to be extremely religious for her entirety of the time on the show. Just like, I'm not religious, but... What? <laughs> if this is going to be something that is debilitating for you, it's going to limit you socially, it's going to limit your immersion into the game, you probably shouldn't go on Survivor. It makes for an interesting dynamic on television, but if you're worried about how that's going to affect your occupation, because she's a Christian radio talk show host, she needs to keep up a certain, I don't want to say like image, but if she wants to come back and have as much credibility with her audience, maybe this is something that she felt she needed to do. But as consultants, this is a really good way to put yourself on the out just at the offshoot. Yeah, because who knows who's going to be on your tribe? In Leslie's case... Like no one, no other religious person is going to be on her tribe. Yeah, as far as we can tell, or at least it's not going to be an, uh, a part of the dynamic to an extent that makes her feel comfortable with her faith. You know, I, I don't know how much we've talked about this, but you know, this will come up in the future. If you're not a religious person and you find yourself on a very religious tribe, learn to blend, and sometimes you got to do the opposite. Yeah, it's the inverse. Yep, do what the majority is doing. Yes. Yeah, the main thing is being able to be comfortable with that. And like Derek said, if you're not able to be comfortable with that and it's just a part of who you are, maybe think twice about coming on. 
I, I look at Hannah Shapiro as a great example. She's Jewish and her tribe is very Christian. And she just like talked to them about it and just was open to learning. Um, and that's a great way to blend. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like that is a sign of the changing times. If you were to ask me just, you know, a random 27 year old guy from Southern Minnesota, a way that the world has changed most significantly, it's opening up in, with these conversations about, you know, religion. I do think that there's a bigger rift in politics now than there is in religion. And I, and I like where that trend is going. I think that there are ways that we can all try and fight less, but I also think that there are things worth fighting for on survivor. These are not the times to try and fight for these things, nope. except for very select few moments that I'm always happy to touch on. We've had a couple of them We've on the podcast. We've had a couple of them. Um, there's very few things worth fighting about on Survivor. Right. Very few. Because that is what we're talking about. Yes. How to win Survivor. All right. So we're doing the whole clothes on their backs thing like, like we've done before, which is always fun. Who was it? Was it Jamie who was like, I don't have a bra on. Yeah, I think it was Jamie. <laughs> yeah. And Jeff's like, well, you're going to be really popular or really uncomfortable. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> and one thing I love on the Phelan tribe, Courtney Yates. She hates everyone on her tribe because they have a really positive attitude. And she <laughs> just wants to be negative and miserable. And I'm like, you know what? I get that. If I'm having like a real crappy day at like work, I want to be miserable with my other coworkers and talk about how much it sucks. I don't want to hear how like how how peppy and great everything is. Say, oh, it's not so bad. Screw you. Everything sucks. <laughs> I totally get where Courtney's coming. Sometimes you just need to be in a bad mood. Yes, this is not the time to do That's it. That's true. That's true. Everyone else is being positive. You need positive too. But I get why Courtney hates this. Yeah, and we're gonna. I'm assuming we're gonna come back to Courtney a few times uh, here. Uh, I hope so. She's great. That's the thing. Is I remember communicating very directly to Ryan when I was watching this three years ago, three plus years ago. I did not like Courtney when I watched this season. You can find it. I don't know, funny or charming that she has a very blunt attitude and personality about everything and is negative most of the time i didn't enjoy it that's just me i i did not want to see her in the game one thing that i i will defend courtney on and this isn't to take away your opinion josh i promise when she was in group settings except for maybe one part in the pre-merge i always felt like she was doing okay it was always like on the side like in confessional like these people are way too happy and i don't like it and then, you know, some of this other stuff in there was pretty much out of her control, and I'll give her all the leeway in the world for that, and of course, we'll get to that. Yep. Courtney is amazing confessionals. And what I am noticing, Josh, is uh, I'm noticing a trend with you. You, you don't like Courtney, and the other one, Randy. No, oh, yeah, Randy sucks. Um, and I love both of them dearly. I, there's a difference between... Mm, I, I don't even know how to put this because I, I see the perspective of wanting them around because they can be entertaining, just based on their interactions with other people. But what happens a lot of time is that like people like to keep them around just because like it's like, oh, like, well, this person is super negative, so everyone's going to hate them probably. And then it's, it, it just ends up being me disliking them every single time they talk on the show. Hold on, who's Randy? You don't know who Randy <laughs> You don't know. <laughs> um, but it's a very similar thing where... Uh, Shane. I mean, Shane was also close to this. Now, he was wacky enough to yeah. where like... It brought me in enough. You hated Shane the first time, though. I didn't completely hate him, but I didn't like him. Yeah, tired that makes of him. Sense. Yeah. Um, where, where, where Courtney was right from the start, I wasn't a huge fan. Uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, just interesting trend with Josh about what type of player he doesn't like. I mean, Josh is kind of a positive guy, though. I can see him like, yo, don't harsh my mellow. Actually, it's not even like that. It's like, don't harsh my optimism. It, it, it's more... 
I, I get when people can have bad days and be negative, but why be negative the entire time you're out there? <laughs> Josh is the son, and he's offended that Courtney put on shades. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think Courtney's hilarious. I think she's one of the best confessionalists there's ever been on Survivor. Um, yeah, give me give me Courtney all day, every day. She's uh, mm-hmm. she's one of my faves. <laughs> Just everyone's so happy. I hate it. <laughs> Cracks me up. Uh, Jean Robert tells Todd he thinks he's devious. Why would you say that? Hey, maybe this this is the just being super open and honest with someone right away out the gate so you can build a good bond with them. There's a better way to say it. You seem like a smart guy. <laughs> like, positive. Positivity. Yeah, you don't really know these people well enough to be able to use that type of language like devious. Because, like, some people could take it as a compliment uh, and be like, yeah, yeah, you know what I am. Uh you just landed on this island with people. Oh, this is an insult lament. I know you like to say complisalt, but I'm going to say insult lament because, like, devious has an inherently negative feel to it. Now, in Survivor, it's good, and that's why I start with insult and with compliment. But if you tell him that you're aware of him, what's he going to do? He's going to disguise it better, or he's going to vote you out immediately, or he's just going to be like, yeah, you're not really in my group. I mean, yeah, there's an off chance that maybe you develop a bond, but odds are, like, if you've noticed this, because he's a poker player, sure, he's, you know, trying to read people, use his uh, his profession to his advantage. We are fans of that. You know, take your strengths, make them strengths. But do you tell your opponent that you know what their tell is at the poker table? No. No, if you, if you see a tell, you hold on to that and then see how they're trying to wield it in the game and then maneuver then, you know, you can go up to, like, I, I don't know, we'll just say Amanda. I don't think this is happening, but you could say, Amanda, I think that Todd's kind of working you a little bit. You know, does it ever feel like he's trying to change your mind? And then maybe that gets her gear spinning. Don't go to him on day one and be like, you're a devious guy, and I'm watching you. Just know. What? Yeah, now Todd, he's like, well, he's right, I am devious, and he needs to go. <laughs> yep. Over on John Who, Chicken tells everyone they are doing things wrong, but doesn't tell them how to do it right and then he's like, you know what? I'm just not going to give my opinion anymore. All wrong. All wrong. <laughs> you, if you know how to do something, you can give your, you can, don't give your opinion. Just like do it. Just do it. I, I want to cut him a small amount of slack because I, I think there was like an intra episode pendulumic like swing of chicken because it starts out with him. They're doing it wrong. And then he tried to tell them how to do it. Right. But he's not, I'm going to say the most socially inclined, at least not on the island or not island, but you know, at least not in camp. So he's trying to tell them how to do it right. And they basically shut him down. And after the first time he way overcorrects, swings all the way to the other side and is like, okay, just tell me what to do because clearly I'm done. It's like, no, no, no. You can't have that kind of bad attitude. If you're rejected one or a couple times about doing things the right way, you just have to change how you're communicating it. So I just saw this huge overcorrection. If you're drifting and out of control on the ice or on the gravel when you're driving the car, you have to turn into it. You don't try and overcorrect because then you're just going to spin out. And in this case, vote it out. Got to be chill. Got to be DK chilling. Great moment uh, over on uh, Fan Long. Leslie asked James what he does for a living. Bury people. What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just great because James is just the most ripped guy there's ever been. I think that he's the most like physically cut survivor contestant that i've seen yeah i think that's fair yeah i don't think anyone will ever surpass when when his name came across the screen with his occupation james gravedigger i'm like do they still have manual gravediggers apparently (laughs) like i like digging holes (laughs) (laughs) digging Uh, on yeah we get it (laughs) on fei long ashley gets sick can't hide it 
You got to try and hide it. Sucks. That's the case. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she decided to get sick right in camp. Yep. Yep. You got you to try and hide that. So at the beginning of the game, each tribe was given an art of war, just a scroll on strategy. And what art of war suggests is each tribe should have a leader. That's great for military. And you know what? Each tribe should have a leader, but no one should be the leader in Survivor. It's one of those, like, crappy things. But Todd understands that, yeah, we kind of need to have a leader. Hey, Aaron, why don't you be the leader? You seem like a, you know, guy who would want to do that. And he does. Aaron wants to be the leader, but he knows it's a bad call. But then he just, he's like, you did under the bus. He's like, well, guess I'm the leader. Yeah, we basically, like, simultaneously get a confessional from him saying, like, yeah, I could absolutely be the leader. But I know, I know that I don't want to do that. Fei Long ends up winning immunity. On uh, Jeanhu, PG, she's breaking down because the tribe has been fairly lazy and she wants to be the hard worker and she's breaking down crying. And then when she gets over that, she starts being really bossy and annoys a lot of people in the tribe. Woo, roller coaster over there. <laughs> try to, yeah, try to control a little bit. If your tribe is lazy, you should be lazy. So the Jeanhu tribe reminded me of like the youngster tribe on Africa. We already drew the comparison at the beginning, but just that level of lackadaisical, floozy sort of like, eh, well, you know. Whatever, we won't die. They won't let us die. Okay, yeah, but, you know, it's going to make life hard, not just at camp, but in the challenges, too. PG, you need to be better about how you're communicating these issues to everybody. Because Todd solved the problem by nominating somebody else who would be a good leader. That's how you do it. Whereas on Jean Hu, we're going to go to Tribal Council. Dave and PG both volunteered to be leaders. No, 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 no. Stop this. Neither of you should do this. Ed's being five votes for chicken. Two for Ashley, one for PG. This is the wrong move. Because uh, Chicken seemed fairly strong. It, Ashley is sick. It should have been Ashley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sucks, but it should have been. I'm okay with Chicken going. I do think that it is ultimately the wrong move. Yep, it sucks if you get sick, but that's the easy person to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Josh, who did you have for best player of the episode? I had Todd. He seemed to fit in very nicely, made some good connections, and most importantly, showed his self-awareness for uh, being able to identify whatever the heck John Robert was was doing with him. Uh, and then very nice and swiftly just tossed Aaron right up into the leadership role. Yeah, it's Todd. Uh, Josh basically touched on everything, but I, I don't know how it could be anyone else. Agreed, it's Todd. Worst player? There were a couple of mistakes that uh, were made in this episode, uh, but I am going to land on Ashley here. I would like to toss a couple of dishonorable mentions to both John Robert and uh, PG, but ultimately when you get sick first episode, you got two votes and probably should have been the person to go home. That's going to be enough to uh, give me the worst player of the episode because if you happen to not be able to get over your sickness, there's no reason why you shouldn't be going next. I didn't land on Ashley because I feel like, yeah, you need to hide being sick, but that's more of like a a positive if you can do that. At least how I view it is it's positive if you can, neutral if you can't. I kind of expect that. Uh, I landed on PG because I felt like she got needlessly bossy on a lazy tribe and painted a huge target on her back by raising her hand to become the leader, even though she really doesn't have any of that tribe respect at this point. Dishonorable mention to Jean Rivera for showing his hand for no (laughs) reason. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but PG for this episode. Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with Derek and say PG. Um, just for the record, we cannot choose the person who was voted out. So chicken is ineligible. You know, and PG, uh, everything you said about PG plus trying to vote out chicken. And then why I didn't pick Ashley is because, yeah, she should have been voted out. But she clearly has some sort of social game going on where she wasn't the person voted out. So I landed on PG. So now let's get into winner picks. Derek, you've never seen this season before. Who was your winner pick? <laughs> so I'll just read some of these notes because this first one I was like, Leslie. 
nope. I just wrote a big old no right after the the whole leaving the the Buddhist ceremony, like the respectful ceremony thing. But the other people that I talked about, Aaron, James, and Todd. Aaron, because at least you know, he got pushed into this leadership position. Um, I'm not going to pick Aaron, but he at least he was self-aware, like, ah, I don't want to do this. James, he had an interesting confession where he said, I'm really bad at the social game, and I'm going to need to learn how to change that fast. And then he had a really good moment. I think it was with Leslie who was saying, hey, you need to be a little bit more open with people. You need to ask them thoughtful, open-ended questions, and then you'll be able to build bonds with them. And I was thinking, okay, so I feel there's a reason for this. One, he's self-aware, and two, he's trying to adapt. He's trying to learn. Two things that you need in order to win Survivor. But that is not enough to take away the absolute masterclass of an episode, both in confessional and gameplay, from Todd. I'm picking Todd. It's Todd. I would feel weird picking anyone else, and it would be speculative at best if I did. Josh, do you remember who you picked when you first watched this season? No, I do not. But uh, what I narrowed down to, just just a couple of the people who stood out, also from Feilong, Todd and Aaron, and then on John Hu, uh, PG did stand out to me. Yeah, she had a pretty negative episode, but she showed her intelligence for the game more than most other people so far on the season. So I'm looking at more of the redemption side of it, and as long as she can survive this beginning portion her intelligence should be able to carry her far enough into the game to at least give her a shot. Ultimately, though, like Derek said, there's just way too much positivity from the edit side of it for me not to be able to go with Todd. Yeah, it's Todd. Uh, In my opinion, he's the only person who had a good episode. Everybody else was neutral to negative. Uh, It's Todd. Episode two, my mom is going to kill me. So Dave takes charge on Jean Hu, doesn't really listen to anyone, bosses people around, clashes with Jamie and especially Ashley, all really good things, right? This is what you want to see? Yeah. Meanwhile, over on Fei Long, Jean Robert is napping all the time, and Aaron calls him out for it. No, 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 no. That's what you talk to people behind uh, their back about. Like, you, you go talk to everybody else and be like, man, doesn't Jean Robert suck? All he does is sleep. This is, this is forever and always going to be the easiest thing on Survivor to do, is to talk bad about someone when they're napping, because mm-hmm. they literally can't hear you. <laughs> Everything that could create a toxic workplace environment is what you do on Survivor. You talk about people behind their backs. Yep. That's that's the move. Amanda and Todd form an alliance, and they decide they need a third person. They decide to bring in Aaron to use him as kind of a mouthpiece because he's the leader. I love this. Mm-hmm. This is great. It's a weird iteration of Meat Shield because yep. you've got the guy in power in your alliance, but you've got him calling all the shots, and you can just cut his throat whenever you're done with him. It's beautiful. This, this is, yeah, masterclass. Feeling good about my winner pick. <laughs> uh, so Faye Long wins reward. And the twist this season, uh, it's kind of what we saw in Pearl Islands. They get to kidnap someone. And Faye Long decides to kidnap Jamie. Jamie is given basically a, a tube which has a clue to a hidden immunity idol in it. And she has to give it to someone on Faye Long before she leaves. And that's going to be in every episode. So she chooses Leslie because Leslie has been sick. Probably the weakest person most likely to go home. Great pick for Jamie. Give it to Leslie. Cause some chaos on the Faye Long tribe. Mm-hmm. If Leslie could find the idol and... Idle out like a James. That's pretty good for Jean Hu. It's an interesting tactic because there are two ways to go about this. I mean, you go back as far as uh, Marquesas and you see when, you know, two people on opposing tribes have a chance to come together. You can either try to build a bond or you can try to weaken the tribe. I thought it was interesting this early in the game to try to poison the other tribe rather than use it to build a bond where someone would maybe come back and give you a clue. And now that does happen. That was kind of a benefit of this entire thing. 
But I just thought it was interesting. Like, I'm going to give it to Leslie for no other reason than maybe she can save herself and she's the weakest one. So, I don't know. I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. What do you guys think? I mean, I think it's the perfect time to try to poison a tribe. Do it early on because that can just send them into a just a downward spiral for the entire pre-merge. Uh, if you try to plan that out to wait too long and think like, ah, well, we'll poison them later. Let's uh, Let's try to build bonds. I feel like those bonds can go away very easily in a couple of weeks. So like when you're just looking at like the recency aspect of it, try to build the bonds closer to when you'd be merging together. I love poison. I always do the poison. <laughs> poison pills everywhere. I, I do think there's a point where it is beneficial to switch to be like, eh, to like toss a little bit here. Hey, remember me when we uh, see each other. And I think you could probably try and do both. And I think Jamie does both pretty effectively here. I would agree. Emphasis on poison, which I think is usually the right way to go. I would agree. The clue says the idol is somewhere obvious. So Leslie tells Todd, why? Oh, Leslie. If it's somewhere obvious and that's the only clue you have, it's not like Todd's going to be able to figure it out magically. Just look around. Hopefully you can find it. If not, it's the first clue you might not be able to. Turn up some rocks. Even though it needs to be obvious, I don't know why you look under rocks or anything like I mean, that. But just flip stuff over, you know? That'd be pretty easy for James to do. But if it's easy for everybody... <laughs> Uh, Todd now wants Leslie out of the game, so he's the only one who knows the clue. It's the risky run, Leslie. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, at least wait a couple days before you share this information. Like, go hunt for a while. Sleep on it. Yeah. Don't just be like, oh, well, don't see the hidden immunity idol. Well, Leslie, it's not going to be that easy. Well, actually, she does see the hidden immunity idol. She does. Yeah, they all have. Yeah. They've all uh, seen because it. Because there's plaques. There's a little gateway entrance to their camp. And there's two plaques on each side, and one of them on the, on the front is the idol. If you take it off, it has the words, this is a hidden immunity idol on it. It's right there in plain sight. Anyone can see it. It's great. It's awesome. And uh, we're not going to find the idols for a while, but the camera keeps cutting to close up of yeah, idol. I love that they're like, they show it to the audience, and every time they get a chance, they'll like put the arch in the background so you can see the <laughs> idol there, like clears it, like, oh, it's right there. Come on. I dare you, especially when they're talking about it. <laughs> Where do you think that idol is low shot for no reason? <laughs> so Aaron and Jean Robert have a fight right in front of Jamie. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's let's fight right in the other in front of the other tribe member. Give him some information. It's stupid. Don't do that. Chill out. Jean who has okay, so Dave has been uh, insisting on building this really nice fire pit. A lot of work, a lot of stones. Uh, and everybody else is kind of mad at him for it. Ah, oh, this fire pit. <laughs> they get back uh, from a challenge, and Jean, who is flooded, everything is underwater except Dave's fire pit. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, you're darned if you do, you're darned if you don't. Because they still had fire, but everyone still kind of hated him. And especially because he was really obnoxious, like, wow, sure am glad that I built that freaking fire pit. Like, this should win Dave some points, and it doesn't. Because <laughs> everyone is just so mad at him. Well, and that's where a good social game comes into play. Yep. Um, because, I mean, they're mostly mad at him because they think he's wasting energy on building this, you know, Grillmaster 5000. But everyone has a point because we're going to go to the immunity challenge and uh, Hu's going to lose because of Dave. He's too weak to do the challenge. He's, like, falling apart at the seams. It, it certainly slowed them down. I mean, can we say for sure that's why they lost? No, because Frosty does end up switching with him, but he is running on fumes 
if at we're going to point the fingers at any one person, it's Dave. And and the other big thing that Dave did more subtly that I had a note on, he wasn't letting them make food for several days until they got the fire pit built correctly. Like Ashley wanted to build a small fire so that they could eat and continue building. This is where I think Dave was sowing these sort of poison seeds. Let them build a small fire, not in your pit, so you can have some food for the challenge. So you overworked, you're underfed, you're malnourished, and you lose. Bad all around. They get back to camp. Nash and Dave just have it out. They've been fighting this entire episode. They do not like each other. Everybody's like, yeah, one of them has to go. It's got to be one of these two. Uh, we're going to go to tribal council. Dave gets a ton of heat, but it ends up being six votes for Ashley, one vote for Dave. I think this is the wrong move. Dave has been such a piss poor leader, and he's the one who lost the challenge. I think you get rid of Dave because Ashley doesn't seem to be sick anymore, and she's strong. Ashley's a professional wrestler. She is strong. I think you get rid of Dave here. I don't think that Dave is the right move. And the reason is standing on the other tribe as James. You can even go with Aaron, but you need people. Like, Ashley is strong, but Ashley cannot go toe to toe with James. No one can go toe to toe with James. Dave can't go toe to toe with James either, especially with the way that some of these challenges are going to shake out in this pre merge. It's basically going to be like wrestling. And wrestling 2.0 and wrestling 3.0, which yeah. wow, wouldn't it be great to have a professional wrestler on your team? But <laughs> I'm just saying, like that, that's, that's why it's like hindsight's 2020. But you need to keep strength in that regard, like direct strength. I'm agreeing with you. That's yeah. why you should keep Ashley. <sighs> but the other part though is that Dave is a workhorse around camp, and he's the only one keeping that camp together. So if you're trying to weigh all things, he is stronger than Ashley, and he does all the camp work. I am okay with Ashley going home, but I can see where you're talking about, like, if you want, I guess if you want to call it, like, quote-unquote, girl-on-girl strength, Ashley would have been great to keep, especially for some of these future challenges. I'm not even talking girl-on-girl strength. I'm talking pure strength. Ashley's stronger than Dave. I I don't know who's going to be stronger than who, but... They they do not bench press. At the the very, like, worst, they're basically even, I I would say, just, like, strength-wise. Now, I don't remember what else was going on at camp, honestly. So, like, if Dave is literally just bringing everyone down, I think that there's your answer. If it's just because of one thing that happened, I don't think that that's enough to send Dave home. He's bringing everyone down. But also, does he have aspects that he's able to intelligently think more of, like, for and be better for something like a puzzle? I don't know, versus Ashley. I don't don't know. Yeah, we haven't seen it. I mean, they did a puzzle in this last, but it was barely a puzzle. It was like a table maze kind of thing. Right, and... And if I'm going to elaborate just a small bit more on this, I think they end up keeping Dave for exactly the reason I said he's more productive around camp. And he also had a little bit of redemption in this episode where his fire pit was the only thing that wasn't underwater. Yeah, but no one saw it as redemption because everyone hated Dave. I will say as we move further into the pre-merge, it becomes more obvious what uh, a poison pill he is on the tribe. But I didn't think that it was obvious enough at episode two. And I wonder if just because you know Dave better than me at this point that you're like, yeah, you know, cut him out now because this is just going to fester. If I have the whole pre-merge to think about this, I would agree that Dave should go. So best player I had Todd for making an alliance with Amanda and Aaron and having a good enough relationship with Leslie to get her idol clue. Absolutely. I had, I mean, Todd made a final three alliance with Aaron and Amanda, but he's got a final two alliance with Amanda and he's got Aaron based, not under his thumb, but... (laughs) <laughs> he gets to drive the tribe without them really knowing. Yeah, and Amanda basically did the same thing as as Todd, but so the tiebreaker would be, oh, wow, he actually got a clue to the idol. Yep. Yes. Un- exactly. Unprompted. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, worst player is Dave for his horrendous leadership, arguing with Ashley and his poor performance in the immunity challenge. 
And I actually went with John Robert because one thing that Are we... Are you insane? I am not insane because everyone on his tribe is frustrated with him and he gets into a fight with Aaron for no reason and he's has a confessional where he says to the camera, my strategy is to be lazy so that nobody likes me so that when I start to pick up pick it up a little bit, everyone's like, wow, look at this guy. He's not a, as much of a loser as we thought. Yeah, guess what? You don't win Survivor by not being as big of a loser as people thought you were. So he is, in my opinion, in the worst social position on his tribe. I think they would be quick to cut him if they were to lose immunity. Dave is bad, but he's still around for some reason. If they lose, Jean Robert may be gone. So is Jean Besides Robert. Besides the confessional, everything you said, Dave did, but worse. Jean Robert is his whole strategy is to be lazy in the early game when you're I looking mean, for reasons to I send people home. Yes, but at least he's thinking, whereas Dave doesn't appear to have any sort of strategy. Dave is still here. He survived sure tribal. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to side with Ryan on this yeah. one. <laughs> um, Thank you. Mostly because it seems like everything you're rattling off about John Rivera was exactly the same thing as what Dave did. And Dave received some some serious heat and prob- I don't want to say should have been going home, but just as likely could have been going home instead of Ashley. Not, not to mention the entire fiasco with the, the fire pit. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I do understand like John Rivera's like strategy with being lazy, but it could work. No, it's, it can't. It could. It could. It absolutely could work. And I, 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 I will, I will side with Ryan in saying at least he's thinking about it. And we're, yes, Dave could be thinking about this too. We're not, and maybe we're just not seeing it. But at least we're seeing John Robert like at least explain his thought process. And there's something behind it, and not he's literally just lazy. Uh, I respect democracy, but I don't like it. I respect it too. <laughs> Especially since I sided with Ryan on this one. You always get to win, though, Josh. You're always the deciding vote. Isn't it beautiful? (laughs) He's playing both sides, so he always comes out on top. (laughs) Uh, Episode 3, I lost two hands and possibly a shoulder. John Robert has horrible sleeping etiquette. He snores, he tries to snuggle with the women, and he moves around a lot. He's generally a creep. Okay, so this is the perfect time to talk about how much John Robert sucks. Not just at the game. I just want to say that I called this, and I hadn't even seen this episode yet. Dude's a creep. Dude says some crappy things, like locker room talk kind of stuff. Yeah, and then and let us like throw huge quotes around locker yeah. room talk so that you know where we stand on all that. Yes, he he sucks. Uh, I've heard him referred to as an ogre, and I think that's accurate. Yeah, he is uh, Shrek in like the first third of the movie Shrek without the charisma. Yep, he sucks. Now... Is he hilarious and entertaining on the season because the show is just constantly dunking on him? Yes. He should never play again. Yeah, and and I don't want to talk about him as a person because I don't know him. I don't read about these people. But as a character on the show and from the edit that they gave him and the shots that they got and some of the things that he said and things that he did, I there's no way that I can like the survivor player Jean Robert based on what I've seen. And every woman who's on a try with him says he's a creep. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Four for four. <laughs> Back on Johnny. Dave has not learned his lesson. He's continuing to be a terrible leader, working way too hard, and PG's nagging him like, "Hey, you need to conserve energy." And he's like, <laughs> "Yeah." Notice how we've already had like fights between Dave and basically everybody. Yeah. And then Aaron, also leader, is having fights on his tribe. This is a masterclass pre-merge on why you should never be the leader of your yeah. pre-merge tribe. Like I said, this was what not to do. This is what not to do. This is how not to be a leader and why you shouldn't be a leader. Exactly. 
we get the wrestling reward challenge uh, where they're, they're, they're playing on a boat and the goal is to knock all the other tribe members off the boat. Dave decides to play naked to try, because it's men versus men and women versus women. So Dave wants to psych out all the guys and plays naked. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's not a bad thought. Like, there's there's some logic there. But yeah, you couldn't do that anymore on Survivor. Yeah. No. That, well, yeah, that's not, they, they ban nudity. Yeah. So, like, that's not a thing anymore. It's still funny, I think, when it pops up. Yeah. Jamie, PG, and Sharia win it for Jean Hu solely. It's 100% the women who do this. Oh, yeah. I mean, they kidnap Leslie. Shocker, James is very good at this challenge. What? <laughs> He's throwing people around like literal ragdolls. Yes. Uh, so they kidnap Leslie. Leslie's been having a hard time because, like I said, there's like no Christians or at least very religious Christians on her tribe. Jean Hu, not the case. Jamie and Eric and Sharia are all from the South. They're very, very, very religious. She gets along great with them, and of course, like she's gonna give Jamie the clue to pay her back one. So we have dividends paying for Jamie's strategy. Yes. Back on Faye Long, Todd and Courtney overhear James and Jean Robert. And it's both of them, but it's more Jean Robert is how it's presented to us in the edit. Just talking smack about uh, Todd, Courtney, and Leslie. And it's really kind of turns Todd and Courtney off to working with them, which is fair. So like, they already fair. didn't really like them. James, they were kind of neutral, but now they yeah, don't like him. Yeah. You know, if you're going to talk smack about someone, don't do it in the water. Sound carries a lot further when you're in the water. Yeah, and, and even if you're in the water, don't do it when you're, you know, maybe like 20 feet from the beach. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I think the biggest thing is how Courtney is going to treat Jean Robert for the rest of the pre-merge is all justified from this moment. Mm-hmm. Because he says something very objectifying. Oh, yeah. He, I think said a million dollars is nice yeah, but you know yeah, we don't need to go over it yeah he's sexist and kind of pig chauvinistic stuff right well i just don't want the the listeners to think that we're just thinking about them talking smack like sure. no this was some pretty sexist objectification yeah. and don't do it like not as a survivor contestant not as a human and i'm just saying like hey when this happens in survivor i'm gonna talk about it and this is one of those moments yeah. not even in a private conversation or what you think is private don't do don't do this. Yeah. Don't it, do this. It's not it's not good. It's not good. Uh, so Courtney wants John Rivera out. Shocker. What? <laughs> when you say crappy things, people are gonna come after you. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Uh, immunity challenge. Uh, they have to cut through rope. One thing we should know about Courtney is she's probably about 80 pounds. She's the smallest, skinniest survivor there's ever been. She is tiny. She cannot cut through a rope. She has no arm strength. So Jean who easily wins. And you feel really bad for Courtney here. Whoever put her on that portion of the challenge hadn't thought it through very well. Well, the other portion of the challenge, they had to carry all these really heavy puzzle pieces to the end. Like, there was no good spot to put Courtney. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could have put Courtney with James on that. I suppose James could have just done it all himself. It just felt weird. And and to, to everyone's credit, no one holds it against her. And they even show, like, a shot of her hands afterward like she's trying to chop this wood but she's got just these massive bruises basically on like in between her like a thumb and her finger so it's like it wasn't lack of effort no it's lack of mass yeah like you've got no force behind it she just can't do it like physically unable to do it i mean eventually she gets it but it takes it's all the game's almost over by the time she gets it and and that's why it's surprising that people don't go after her more like as a potential just Strengthening the tribe. Yeah, I don't even know what the word would be, but for for someone who could easily bring the tribe down in challenges, like that's the type of person where if they come across a, like something, anything that requires a bit of strength, like 
that could be the entire challenge for you when you send someone home. It helps that they only go to travel once, as this aren't incarnation, so. Mm-hmm. Leslie, Courtney, and Jean Robert are all on the block, but Aaron doesn't want to get rid of Jean Robert just because he's, Jean Robert is a huge guy, not as big as James, but uh, still big, very useful in the challenges. Yeah, and he and he does turn it on for the challenges, which is a part of his be lazy until I don't have to be strategy, exactly. which is, again, the worst, but. We see a lot of people do this. We're going to see it later in the season with Sharia do this. Don't do this. This is not a good call to save your energy for the challenges. Everyone hates you if you do this. You know, Ryan, this reminds me of something that you told me that your dad told you. Mm-hmm. It's about b- being the shooter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's that guy who just lies around on the ship all day and he doesn't have to do any work. But when the moment comes, you know, he's ready to save the day. Yeah. My, my dad had a story, I think, from like a boss. Basically, his boss is in the Navy and, uh, and there's a guy on the ship who did no work and laid around all day, did nothing. And he'd get annoyed. Like, why is this guy not doing anything? Well, he's the shooter. And then one day when they got attacked by airplanes, I think it was the Japanese, this guy gets on the gun and shoots all the planes out of the sky. And that's why he can do whatever he wants when they're not under attack. Because when they are under attack, he's the one who saves her. He's the shooter. So unless you are the shooter of your tribe, uh, which I don't think anyone is. Especially not in modern Survivor where it's not brute force all the time anymore. Unless you have like an Ozzy or something like that. And even Ozzy's always doing work around camp. Because he's valuable in other areas too. and, And even so, that just makes you a prime merge boot. Yeah. Because like, oh, this guy is super lazy yeah. until he doesn't need to be. It's like, oh. No one is the shooter and survivor. Exactly. That's that's the point. So never think that you're so valuable that all it takes is challenge effort. So Aaron doesn't want to get rid of Jean Robert. Todd and Amanda don't want to get rid of Courtney because they can use her as a number. Leslie. People are really scared she might flip to Jean Hu because she's talking about how well she gets along with them because there's so many Christians on the other tribe. And everybody's like, oh, oh. okay. That's terrifying. We should get rid of Leslie. Yeah, don't yeah, tell. Really should. If you get kidnapped, don't tell your your original tribe how much you bonded with the other tribe. They're like, yeah, yeah, they're all right. Seem nice enough. Or even lie, just be like, man, they're really annoying. Yeah, they have nothing hard going to be on. around. Yeah. yeah, bring up the negatives. Even yeah, bring bring information, useful information back to camp. It felt like we kind of had a reverse situation going on where Leslie gave them everything yeah. and then came back and said, "Wow, a bunch of nice people over there." Yep. <laughs> What's their dynamic? I don't know. <laughs> So Tribal Council, Jean Robert says both Courtney and Leslie need to go. Don't say both. That You're going to have an enemy when you go back to camp. Say one. Say the person you're voting for. If you're going to do that, which don't even do that. Right. But just say Leslie needs to go if you're going to do that. Anyway, six votes for Leslie, two for Jean Robert. I wonder who voted for Jean Robert. Courtney and Leslie. Yes. This is why I dislike Courtney. Surprise nobody. <laughs> Courtney is not good at Survivor. She is very funny. Is what I'm saying. Uh, but it is, it's it's six votes for Leslie, and I think that was the right move. You, you can't trust her. Yeah. You can be caught in a really bad situation if you have Courtney in certain challenges, but maybe don't worry about that as much. She's a number. Yeah. Leslie's not a reliable number. Yep. Keep the numbers. It's more important. If if you end up going back, going back to trial because of this, maybe then you can look at Courtney. Sure. But I, uh, try and keep your numbers as best you can. Best player, Derek? I had Todd, but mostly because, like, he didn't lose his cool when he overheard what was going on with uh, James and John Robert in the water and was able to keep the tribe on point with voting out Leslie, the least trustworthy member when she comes back. And now that she's gone, he gets the added bonus of being the only one on the tribe with the clue to the hidden immunity idol. I felt like there was very little that could delineate between the good players this episode. And so I kind of fell on the fact that now he's the only one left with a clue. 
I went with Jamie because uh, she was a beast in the reward challenge. Uh, she uh, got her tribe to kidnap Leslie, which is the most beneficial for her. And when Leslie came over, she got the clue. So basically, she manipulated her tribe into kidnapping Leslie so she could get the clue. I'm, I'm okay with that. I can concede. Josh doesn't even need to vote on this one. Yeah, I would have decided with Ryan here. Uh, don't rub it in. <laughs> how about worst player? I had Jean Robert. I don't really feel like we even need to give reasons why, but everybody hates him now. Now, for- now dishonorable mention to Dave on the other tribe. That's fair, but... John Rivera. Horrific social game. He talks his strategy too loudly and he's too outspoken at Tribal Council. Boom, boom, boom. And he thinks he's a shooter. Yeah. Episode four, ride the workhorse till the tail falls off. Jean Hu's rice gets moldy, which leads to a fight between Sharia and Dave. And they continue to fight because Sharia is going to throw away some shells, which Dave had collected. He wanted to bring them home to his mom. And Dave's trying to stop him. And they're just like yelling at each other. And it's just, it's bad. It's bad. It's real bad. Don't do this. Don't yell at each other. It's not that hard. Wow, who knew? We get a really awesome reward challenge. It takes place at night at tribal, right outside tribal council, and you have to like use giant chopsticks, basically. Yeah, like poles or lances. I, yeah. To carry a ball to a fiery a fireball to the end of the course, you drop it in and it launches a firework. This, this was so cool. And it was nighttime. It was it was needlessly awesome. Yeah, I like these nighttime challenges. We don't get a lot of them, but they're fun. Faylong wins, and they kidnap Dave. Dave is super annoying, even at Faye Long. But Todd plays nice, and it's super nice to Dave, and Dave ends up giving Todd the clue. By the way, one of my favorite moments is when Dave tries to give James a hug, and James says, we talked about the hugging. What, what did I tell you about the hugging? <laughs> we talked about, like, oh, so this has happened multiple times already? Dave was just, like, wandering around like he was drunk the whole time. It was really weird. Yeah. It, 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 like, I, I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience. Like, I was there with them. Like, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah. Who is this cartoon that just walked into our <laughs> camp? He, he remind, James kind of reminds me of King Julian from Madagascar, and Dave reminds me of, oh, what's his name, Mort? Mort. <laughs> uh, Mort keeps trying to hug King Julian's feet. What did I tell you about the feet? What did I tell him about the feet? <laughs> the feet, Mort. You did tell <laughs> him about the feet. Uh, yeah, the King Julian-Mort kind of relationship here. <laughs> James likes to move it, move it. <laughs> this was not a reference I was anticipating for this podcast. <laughs> I'm so happy. Jean Hu is getting along a heck of a lot better without Dave. It's a very Jonathan Penner situation. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. <laughs> but they have to work when Dave's not around. Like, oh, all right, we all got to do work. But I think the lesson here is they can do it. They can do it. They don't need Dave. But Shreya does not help out at all because she wants to conserve her energy for the challenges. Don't do this. I just said, Tria, I just said this. <laughs> Didn't you listen? We get a hammer throw immunity challenge, which Faylong wins. And there's some weird editing during these challenges, too. It almost feels like it's out of like a kung fu movie. So, you know, we we kind of skipped right through it. And, and I'll only touch on it for a second. But like last episode, they had to swing the machete and cut a rope. And every time they cut the rope, they did like a still shot. and they Freeze zo- frame it. Yeah, freeze frame to zoom in on their face just and and the you know the the exertion like their tennis grunt like freeze frame on the tennis grunt and they're doing it here too so like every time they like throw these uh i don't even know hammers like hammers it like zooms in on the hammer and it does like that really weird choppy 2000s editing that you got it it feels like a a, a kung fu movie it's and it's wonderful it's great it's hilarious it's just bizarre and it's creative it's very creative so, John, who's going to Tribal Council, toss up between Dave and Sharia. They go to Tribal Council, five votes Dave, one vote Sharia, right move. Because Sharia is also a beast in the challenges. Mm-hmm. Dave mm-hmm. is not. Yeah. And at this point, it's obvious, to even to me, 
how much of a poison pill that Dave was. And especially when, you know, you're the tribe and you see what life is like without him. Yeah. Instead of being like worried what he's doing with the other team, they're just like, oh my gosh, it's so nice he's gone. <laughs> so for best player, I had Todd for playing nice with Dave to get the clue from him. Yep. Splitting hairs, there isn't a lot here, but yeah, he did enough. Worst player, I had Sharia for fighting with Dave so much and not doing any work around Cam. That's fair. I had Jean Robert, but I felt like there was almost nothing. So I got nothing for you. So are you are you bowing out? Abstaining? I'm abstaining. Okay. It, well, I'm going to side with Ryan then. Right. <laughs> Episode 5, Love is in the Air. Eric and Jamie are flirting and they form an alliance. Um, and we get a, a real awkward moment where Eric tells uh, Jamie he's a virgin. Ooh-hoo-hoo. Jeff Probst is going to have a field day with this at the reunion show. Now, <laughs> here's a fun fact. They are now married and have several kids. Jamie and Eric. Jamie and Eric. Yep. Wow. I'm happy to know. It's a a good one. I was wondering where this was going to go. Yep. It's cute. That makes me happy. Yep. Yep. They are still together. They're one of... uh, They're a nice southern couple. Yep. You know, Survivor's got more successful couples than The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. uh, And this is one of them. One of the best ones. They're part of the statistic. They're part of the statistic. Jamie ends up telling Eric about the idol clues. Why, Jamie? Why? Because she loves him, I Ryan. Guess, I guess. Um, I mean, if you end up marrying the guy, I'd say that like the bond they had was real. So like, we have to, at some point, we have to concede that they know better than we do. You know, <laughs> we're talking about how to would survivor, not how to find love. Yeah, that's that's true. This is this is not a bachelor bachelor. Well, that's not about how to find love either. Yeah. <laughs> a certain version of love, an attention starved love. James and Denise form an alliance, and this is so funny. So Denise, Denise is in her, I don't know, forties. She's got a mullet, lunch lady, blue collar type. Oh yeah. James is ripped and pretty hot, pretty studly guy. Sure. Um, James is like, you know, Denise. That's that's one hell of a woman right there. If there was a less of an age gap, you know, if I was a little older, she was a little younger, I'd be into that. And Denise and be and in trouble. So random. It's just like what? James is the hots for Denise. It's just like, oh, okay. That was unexpected, but okay, cool. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Uh, you know, still a better love story than Twilight. Yeah. I, I, sorry, I feel the need to say that, but you know, we've got James and Denise. We've got Eric and Jamie. Love is in the air. Look at that. Love is in the air. There's just something. Something in the water. It's China, man. Uh, (laughs) It's it's great. But yeah, they have an alliance because they have a really good work ethic, so they work together. Yeah, they recognized it in each other, and that was kind of the big thing that has held them together because I don't think either of them are, uh, you know, quote-unquote great socially, but they observe each other enough, even just in passing, to be like, you know what? I like this guy's medal. I like this gal's medal. Love what they stand for. I want to work with them. Yep. Each tribe gets a note. They get to kidnap two of the other tribe members permanently. It's it's not a tribe swap. It's a tribe steal, basically. Uh, and this is the only time we get this. Good. Good. I hate this. Oh, I think it's interesting. I hate it. I, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I'm glad we don't get it again because it, it really screws a couple people over. But it's interesting that they are presented with this choice. And, you know, I was, I'm okay with that they tried this. And I'm okay that they tried it, but... I want to dive into the mechanics just for a second because we're not afraid to criticize Survivor when I think they do something very and so clearly wrong. The second I found out that it was like each tribe was kidnapping two, you should never have a twist that incentivizes challenge throws. Now you can have randomized twists that may end up incentivizing challenge throws in very specific nuanced situations. But the second I found this out, I'm like, Okay, the tribe of three should absolutely just throw two straight challenges, vote out, and go into a potential 10-person merge, even in numbers. I was like, the, the, the second it happened, I was like, 
this is the right move. They, they need to throw two straight challenges. And then I got mad at Survivor producers for not doing basic math and thinking, wow, this is a pretty crappy incentive. So, bleh. Which is exactly why I kind of like it. Because I love the good challenge throw, baby. But, but here's the thing. What's beautiful about the challenge throw is that there are so few moments where the stars align, where this is perfect. This was like, you know, some kind of divine being reaching up into the stars and making them align. And I just don't like that. It just, it felt... I'll agree with you. Me. I'll agree with you that the Survivor producers, I don't think they like the challenge throws, so I don't think they thought this through. Right. I'll definitely agree that I don't think they thought this through. And if they did, Jeff probably was not on board for it because I know <laughs> he doesn't like the challenge throw. Oh, he um, was so irritated. <laughs> I love the challenge throw. I think it's so funny. I love when they do it. And, so, and, you, and you know that I love the challenge throw too, but this one just felt manufactured and I and I didn't like it. Well, see, here's the thing. Maybe, but I don't think it was intentionally manufactured. I, I don't think it was intentional either, but I do think that if you're producing a nationally televised show that you should have someone there who thinks about odds and sure. math. Like, you know, have have Christian there. Like, hey, and, and why it, doesn't this work? The more important thing is, you know, they tried something new, which is fine. They did not like the results, which I think is fair if you don't want challenge throws and they don't ever do this. And, and that's why like, I'm not going to stay mad at Survivor, but the second that it happened, I was like, okay, this is stupid. John who picks Aaron and James because obviously. Yeah, absolutely. If you could pick two people, you pick the two strongest ones. Faye Long picks Frosty and Sharia. Now, what's hilarious is John who thinks they're just stealing two people and not losing anybody. Like, wow, the game's really swung. We're going to have seven and they're only going to have five now. Wow, that sucks for them. <laughs> Boat shows up and gives them a note. You two got to come with us. Hilarious. So good. You can't write this stuff. No, you can't. And I think it also shows which tribe is more of the, you know, the we'll, we'll say the thinking type. So yeah, I think I think both tribes made the right moves. Aaron and James, Frosty and Sharia, two oh, strongest people on each tribe. Uh, perfectly all right moves. I, I I think that like if you were to really you know drill into the details, maybe there was better options. But I like both. And as after Aaron and James leave, before the new tribe mates show up, Jean Robert pulls everyone into a quick meeting. And it's like, hey, fail along together, right? You're not going to vote me out, right? <laughs> and he starts working really hard around camp. But the problem is his social game has been so bad, no one cares. It's like Dave all over again, but worse. Yeah, maybe not wait until your back's up against the wall like this to actually just show up. It reeks of desperation, and everyone sees through it, and <laughs> they all make fun of him to his face. It reeks of desperation, and everybody smells it. Yes. It might have been last episode, but Todd even has a great confessional where he's like, they're trash. And after a couple days, the trash starts to smell, and you got to take it out. So as John who James is like, yeah, this is a much happier camp. I miss Fei Long. I love the misery. <laughs> <laughs> was that a song by Hailstorm? I miss the, the misery. misery. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get it, James. I get it. <laughs> so on this new tribe, Aaron is playing the social game so hard. He's trying to get himself into this, this John Hugh, this PG Eric, Jamie group of three. He's trying so hard, and James is just doing all the work and not really talking to anybody. And um, by the way, I really like what Aaron is doing here because he's saying. All right, listen, if we lose, I know that it's going to be either me or James, so I'm going to try and integrate so that I can just make it to the next vote. And he's subtly, like, throwing James under the bus a little bit. Like, he's not really talking badly about him, but just kind of highlighting his, you know, the negative aspects of having... Know. Yeah. Aaron's playing really well. PGC's right through it. <laughs> it's and, unfortunate. And this, is, and this is where you have to be careful because you're not always going to run into someone who sees that as a threat. Because, I mean, maybe he just came across as more disingenuous than he should have. Sure. And not like, oh, they he wants to work with me in the future. He's just trying to save his own butt. So, PG wants to throw the challenge. 
because she realizes we're down in the numbers. If we throw the next two challenges, we'll be 5-5. Five, five. Great thinking. Wow, PG did math, unlike the producers. And I was just like, okay, this is great. I really hope I see two straight challenge throws so that production knows to never do this again. So she convinces Jamie to throw the challenge. Now, broad strokes, everything PG thinks is correct in this episode. Yes. Her execution leaves a lot to be desired, her and Jamie especially, because they don't tell Eric. They don't tell Eric, and that... Poor Eric, because I mean, the first part of that challenge was really nasty. A lot of swimming. A lot of swimming, a lot of holding your breath. Like, I bet he was dizzy for like three hours. So Eric and Aaron bust their butts in the first part of the challenge. The second part of the challenge is a puzzle, which Jamie and PG blatantly throw. Literally, Jamie throws a piece of the puzzle like behind the table into the long grass. Yes, she tosses it. I think I remember that. (laughs) She just tosses it. She's like giggling the whole time. She and PG are not are putting the pieces on the board, but not in the right spots. James like, "What are y'all doing? You got to put it in." And then Jeff is like, "PG, are you good at puzzles?" And she's like, "Um, I'm good at Sudoku." And James is gonna hold on to this for dear life. Why are you talking about Sudoku? You are playing for a million dollars. It's the most blatant challenge throw I think we ever see. Oh, and I worse feel... worse than uh, when uh, they ousted Billy. <laughs> Those are definitely the top two. <laughs> I think this one's more blatant, yeah. Yeah. Just because Jamie can't contain her laughter. I actually remember this one a lot more than the last one. Uh, but yeah, this, this is just so blatant. They're, yeah. Like, too blatant. You gotta, you gotta hide it a little bit. And, I mean, when Jeff walks up to your table, the loser's table, when it's all done, picks up the piece that Jamie had thrown behind the table, like, with attitude, throws it up on the table and says, here, you lost a piece. Not that it would have done you any good anyway. Like, you know that Jeff is pissed. <laughs> This is a, a, a shout I want to throw at Jeff for a, la- a fundamental lack of understanding of Survivor. I don't think Jeff fully understands the game, and I think he's a bad producer. Take Jeff off the show. You, you heard me. I don't want Jeff to be on Survivor anymore. I'll say it again, and again, and again. And I know you feel that way, and I know that we differ on this. I think Josh is with me more on this. I do agree with you that he missed a fundamental aspect of Survivor. Just more evidence to me that they really didn't think this twist through before they implemented it. Because why the hell would they not do this? And even more so, why is like Todd and company like not thinking, oh wow, we probably shouldn't win this challenge so we can vote out Sharia Frosty. Like it's it's kind of a perfect storm with this first challenge where it's like, Two people, two parties have done what they're not supposed to do, and that means that PG, Jamie, and by association, Eric, can capitalize on it. I was just so frustrated. I was entertained. It's amazing to watch. But as a Survivor fan, I was frustrated. I was not frustrated. I was just entertained. (laughs) Uh, Eric is not thrilled about being left under the vote, but he gets over it pretty quickly. James is like, yeah, just vote me out after that. I don't want to be in a tribe with you people anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Not the right move. Jeff asks, uh, James, who should be going home? He's like, I should be going home. Aaron should stay. Aaron deserves to be here. Aaron deserves to be here. It should probably be me. It's not going to be. Yeah, see, as a consultant, I have to say, don't bow out. James did everything wrong and fell ass backwards into staying in the game. Into the right move because guess who's going to hold him hostage? Unless he's thinking that way. He's not. (laughs) Maybe he's thinking like, oh man, if I just want to go home, they'll keep me here. If he is, that is some 70 level Sudoku. That is fan fiction. That, that, you know, Derek and Josh are writing fan fiction over hey, here. Hey, you know everybody. what? Damn right. That's what, hey, production gets to write fan fiction with their edit. So, like, we, we get to do what we want to. Okay. Uh, it ends up being three votes for Aaron. 
one vote for James, one vote for PG. Aaron votes for James. James throws his vote on PG. Again, James, not the right move. But Probably he, good he, on Aaron for voting for James. Aaron does everything right and gets knocked <laughs> out of the game. Uh, it's the right move to get rid of Aaron. He's a way bigger threat. Yes, it, it is the right move, unfortunately. Feel bad for Aaron. Aaron is one of, along with Michelle from last season, two of probably the most screwed survivors mm-hmm. ever. Until we get to like Devin Pinto. Sure. Uh, but they're up there. Derek, who do you got for best player? I have PG. Because making the best of a bad situation, being the only one in this entire group, including production, who realizes, hey, this is a really easy way to get back our numbers. And even though she does have missteps and the execution leaves a lot to be desired, ultimately the end result is a huge player whose alliances or allegiances are somewhere else getting voted out. You still have James on the hook, who is the right person to hold on to with a solid game plan going forward for the next vote out as well, assuming that nothing else happens. As much as it bugged me and as much as all of it was weird and maybe poorly executed, I had to say PG because at least it was her idea. PG's moves were the right moves, but her execution was bad enough where I can't give it to her. Interesting. Uh, I give it to Eric. He made that alliance with Jamie. Really tight alliance with Jamie. Really tight alliance with Jamie, it turns out. Marriage. You get it. Uh, He had the best social game easily of the Janu tribe. And he kept his cool when he found out Jamie and PG threw the challenge without him. Like, he wasn't happy, but he's like, you know what? It's fine. Gonna keep cool, fix things up, and then getting rid of Aaron. So, the reason that I didn't give it to Eric, because I do agree that he played nice with James and Aaron the best. And I actually felt like there was a moment where he considered to go with them and vote out PG because PG was driving a wedge between him and Jamie. The fact that PG and Jamie left him out of that key piece of information about throwing the challenge shows maybe a little bit of rigidity, a little bit of inflexibility, or a little bit of, um, you know, maybe they didn't feel like he would understand. Possibly. And that was why I couldn't give it to him because at least PG who had a great plan, executed poorly, but the plan still kind of went off without a hitch. Um, so I had to give it to PG. Now, what, Ryan, why do you say that it was executed so poorly? Uh, well, one thing I guess we forgot to mention is at Tribal Council, they admit to throwing the challenge. Don't ja- do Jamie that. does that. But no, it was like not telling Eric was, was bad. Being so blatantly obvious about throwing the challenge was bad. And then just their general demeanor at Tribal Council. Uh, you piss off James... And it almost blew up in their face come the next episode. And I I do think the biggest thing was the blatant challenge throw. Because if they had maybe put a little bit more effort in, um, maybe we don't get the entire narrative on the other tribe that we're going to get in the coming episode. Where they're like, hmm, this is a little wonky. So maybe they tried a little harder. That's, That's my big one, but... I'm going to value the idea versus the execution inside with Derek here uh, and, and give it to PG. I also want to ding Eric a little bit for not being included in the plan. I do think it's close, though, okay. between the two of them. Have a worse player. I have NA. I have no worse player this episode because everyone over on the one tribe, they, they won immunity. Um, you know, the people who got kidnapped, they're, everything is out of their control. The other five are still in power. They won immunity. They're fine. And then I think that James, he got to stay. By no power of his own, he was kidnapped, and it actually ended up being the right move because they saw a bigger threat in Aaron, who also played right. Eric was a good sport about not being told and didn't sever and do anything rash after finding out that his teammate plans without him. And then Jamie and PG pulled off a really great challenge throw. So the way that I look at it, there are only four people who can be considered for this, and it's James, Eric, PG, and Jamie. And I can't give it to James because he's still here. That's results-oriented thinking. Yes. James told them to vote him out. And they didn't. 
That doesn't matter. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. This Clearly, is, it matters ma- results oriented it, thinking. It mattered in this. Nope. Josh said, Josh even said this time, like, hey. Don't loop me into this, man. Don't loop me into this. <laughs> he said he wanted to be voted out, and that is exactly why he is still here. No, 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 no. What no, I said, no. what I said is, what if he's ju- he's doing this on purpose to stay? fan fiction with reality, sir. No, no, no. Nope. I have no players no. did poorly. James got very angry at John Hume. He yelled at them for throwing the challenge. Horrible social game. He worked instead of trying to get to know people. And then he told them to vote him out. And he voted for PG instead of Aaron. He voted for PG instead of Aaron. That is a bad move, but it's not enough to say worst player of the episode. Yes, it is easily. This... What does it take to be the worst player of the episode? Derek, <laughs> I don't think anyone played poorly. The, 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 reason, the reason why you shouldn't give someone worst player of the episode is if they are, uh, if everyone is positive or I guess, yeah. I guess neutral. He got kidnapped. That's out of his control. Yeah, but it's how you respond to things that are out of your control that define who you are as a survivor player. And James responded about as poorly as you can. So think about he it. He told them to vote him out. And they didn't. That doesn't matter. <laughs> I disagree. J- Derek, hear me when I say this. We're you know, 14 and a half seasons into the Survivor Rewatch series. This is your worst take you've ever had. Ooh, I don't I, know. Derek's had some pretty bad takes. He's had some pretty bad takes. <laughs> some pretty bad takes. This and is your low point. I can't pull the results-oriented thinking out of this one. because You need to. Because if they were to both play, if James and Aaron played the exact same game, they probably would have voted out James. So the fact that he got into this tribe and basically let go of the wheel... I can't, in good conscience, say that he played poorly. He didn't let go of the wheel, though. He took the wheel and slammed it to the right to go into the ditch. Yeah, he tried to crash the car. He did not say vote me out. He said it should probably be me going And home. then he said, yeah, vote me out. He he said save Aaron or whatever. Yeah, he don't. He said vote me out. Yes, and then they didn't. They didn't that isn't up to James. It's up to them. They made the right move. James made the wrong move. I'm standing pat. You NA. shouldn't. NA. You've never been more wrong in your entire <laughs> life. I disagree. See, Derek, I've, I've had worse takes. Derek is stubborn enough to die on this hill, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let him die on that hill. You go ahead and die on this hill. How does uh, it feel? Me, to be and, wrong? me and Ryan are going to carry this into the correct decision. Don't listen to Derek. I, I'm questioning his uh, legitimacy. Yeah, I, I don't know if he considers himself a consultant anymore. He's still around. He's still around. You know who else made it a long way in Survivor? Nora. Yeah, Nora <laughs> made it to the end. Yeah, and maybe she wouldn't have if she'd played better. Exactly, Derek. You're you're the worst. Episode six. We're moving on. That's love, baby. It makes you strong. Todd tells Amanda about the other clues, which is not good. Don't 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 tell people about the other clues. Keep those to yourself. Maybe tell it later on in the game. I, I okay. So the one the one area that this might be beneficial is if you know you're merging soon and sure. you're leaving your camp. So it's like, all right, we're leaving this thing. So let's try to find this. Sure. During the reward challenge. Frosty and Sharia do not make eye contact with their old John Hu tribe mates. They don't even acknowledge them. During the challenge, which they have to run into buildings to find stuff, which we saw back in season one, during the challenge, PG tries to talk to Sharia, but Sharia doesn't respond to her at all. Yo, respond to her. PG's trying to save you. But Sharia accidentally screws herself out of the game by doing this. This is entirely true. Gets no response at all. It's it's weird because... They were in private, so Sharia should have absolutely... I'd knock Sharia way more than I do Frosty in this particular case. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Because one, we're going to find out that Sharia is in more danger. And for two, if it's a private conversation, especially between separate tribes, you can take that opportunity, whatever that opportunity, whether it's a former tribe mate or a new tribe mate. This is is social bonding. This is strategy. 
and she just kind of doesn't do it. Now, when they're out on the mats and they're like not even making eye contact with them, I get it because they're thinking, wow, we are still way down in the numbers without much of a prayer. We are trying to assimilate. But Sharia with PG in the building, I, I don't like the, the cold shoulder in there. Yeah, it's bad. Faye Long wins and kidnaps James. Great move. Yeah. So PG, Jamie, and Eric, they're all really sketched out about what just happened. And they're like, hey, how about we don't throw the next immunity challenge? Just because that's weird. I can't blame them. Sharia and Frosty are being sketchy. Like, it's a tough, tough call for PG, Jamie, and Eric. Like, they are in a tough spot. Well, I mean, now you're down to three people, and uh, in, in going into a potential merge situation, you don't want to be the three people just on the outside. Yeah, you could maybe get back with your tribe or find people on the other side that you could assimilate with, but that's not the makings for a strong core to try to make a move into the end. Maybe this is a hot take. Hopefully not the hottest take this episode. Let's hope. Let's hope. Um... I think that they should have thrown this challenge because I think you've already burned the bridge with James sure. and you need to see it through and hope that Frosty and Sharia come back and think that they stand better with you three than you do with the people who have been in power the whole time. I think you've already taken a pretty drastic step and you're falling. Now it's just whether or not, you know, the parachute opens. So they needed to commit. I don't like that they kind of flopped on this. I think they should have stayed true. I understand why they didn't. Yeah, I mean they had they ended up having the correct read. It seemed so. Right. They were. This is really a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. And because it is, I, I agree that's exactly that situation. They're going to be probably screwed either way. I say that you commit to the bit. And you keep throwing, yeah, uh, because because you could be reading it incorrectly. You could sure. be you could be reading uh, these other two people on on Feilong completely wrong, and that's also not to say that you might be able to swing someone else uh, over there. So I think you just kind of keep going with it. the The odds to bring back Frosty and Sharia are better than trying to go in seven versus three and swing three people to your side. Yeah, I think you guys have convinced me. I think I think that's the right move. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it neither one is great. Yeah, and. Let's be clear. I think that PG, Eric, and Jamie have... I would be shocked if one of them wins. Mm -hmm. And I'll eat these words if one of them does, but I feel like the game is almost over for them already. Yeah. They are in a horrifically bad spot. Probably one of the worst spots that I've seen since, like, Oolong. And even then, that might have been better because Stephanie was the only one to survive. One can squiggle through the holes a little easier than three. Right. So Todd tells James, like, yo, I know you have the idle clue. Give it to me and I will save you. All right. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Might as well go for it, James. And he does. Todd figures out the clues and figures out where the idol is. So he and Amanda decide to go get the idol in broad daylight. Maybe wait for nighttime on this one there. It's hard because there's, like, squeaky, like, super loud squeaky wood when they're pulling it out. And Frosty's just looking for stuff to do. Like, he's just looking for reasons to do parkour. (laughs) So. so they're like <laughs> pretending to pull shingles off of the gate for no reason, like and for firewood or something. Frosty's like, "Yeah, I'll help. I'm gonna climb up this thing." <laughs> and Todd panics and takes the idol down. Frosty sees everything because he sees the writing on it. He's like, "Oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> nothing." Yeah, you oh, some... man, is just standing on it like there's nothing underneath my foot. This thing is like huge. <laughs> Not hiding anything. Uh, I, I remember this vividly. Yeah. So. <laughs> so Todd ends up getting it, but Frosty's there for the whole thing. And Todd's like, if you tell anyone, I will effing kill you. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> I believe him, too. <laughs> and then Frosty's got a great confessional. He's like, well, now I'm kind of in their group now. I'm like, 
But no, this is a double-edged sword. Like either they're forced to trust you, or they throw the challenge and they just vote you right out of Scottsdale. But on his way out the door, he'd be like, "Hey, everyone, Todd's got the idol." Absolutely. Which no one has ever done. Maybe just maybe most people are like, when I'm voted out, I'm out of the game. I really shouldn't do anything at that point. And I'm and I'm happy that we've had some sports. I'm happy there. for that too. I don't know if I could contain myself for that happening to me. I'd be like. You know, just to get, like, because I think if I ever get voted out of Survivor, one of the things I want most, I want, like, an iconic exit. So if I just shout, hey, so so good. Or maybe maybe I, maybe they don't actually have the idol. Derek, you don't have the idol. Yeah. Derek's got the idol. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you know, something like that. Just just for the lols. Well, you, you know, have plenty of people who, like, have, like, drop bombs, like, on their way out like that. Just basically trying to blow up people's games. But I don't think I've ever seen it with an idol before. It, it, it's more just like, hey, this person is playing you all. Like... Watch out. So they're kind of forced to bring Frosty into the fold because he knows about the idol. I mean, I mean, it works, we'll, I guess, for we'll, now. We'll call it a net neutral. Yeah. If anything, you're uh, you're adding to your numbers for a potential merge situation. Yeah, at the very least, if they give him a chance, he can prove his loyalty given the chance. But the thing is, is that now you are subject to them not giving you a chance. Yeah. Fortunately, this isn't a situation where Todd wants to keep the idol. That's the one good thing here. He gives it to James. It's like, hey... Throw the challenge, knock out Jamie. It'll be hilarious. And oh my god. I was messaging both of you guys through this whole episode, just please do it. Like I had put all the pieces together before it even started. Um and to be fair, the edit kinda lays it at your feet oh, yeah. like early on. And I'm like, oh, find the idol, give it to James. They're going to throw the challenge because they think they're so clever, but then they're too clever by half, and they're going to lose somebody, and then James is going to have another idol, and it's going to be crazy. It's the best setup ever for <laughs> severe lack of payoff. <laughs> blah, blah. Todd ends up filling Courtney and Denise in because they both have to compete in the challenge. They need to win the challenge so James can throw it. Gross food eating. Unfortunately, Denise can't do it to save her life. She has to go up against James and eat some balut. We finally get the balut, but... Yep. And Denise cannot do it. And James is trying so hard to throw the challenge, but Denise can't do it. So James is like, oh, fine, I'll eat it. I got it. I also remember this. <laughs> Wonderful. Just like the sad music too, because they're just like on Denise's face. And then James is like, it's all right. I got it. <laughs> and then just like picks up the last little bit on his plate, just eats it, shows Jeff and wins it. And it was just yeah. like, Wow, I feel like I just watched an entire movie in like, <laughs> like over the span of like sixty seconds. I feel like I saw it all. Like we saw the conflict, we saw the rising action, we saw the climax, and then we saw like the 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 falling action and the resolution. And John, turn- who wins? <laughs> well, I've never seen well. people so sad to win. <laughs> <laughs> so the plan is to vote out Sharia that night, and because you know Frosty Sharia. Get her Sharia. They even get Frosty on board to do this, but Courtney likes Sharia and wants Jean Robert out. Fair. Yeah. We have not forgotten. Uh, if Courtney wants to vote for Jean Robert every single time, I can't tell her not to. I do think that you need to make sure that you're not severing ties along the way. But who am I to tell you what you should feel after what you've oh, yeah. heard him say about you? Courtney is not the type of player like we would be giving advice to on how to win the game. Courtney's one of those players Survivor puts in that's kind of like a bomb you need to defuse. She's going to do her own thing. The other players have to play around her. It's it's feeling-driven yep. uh, decision-making rather than like game theory. Which makes Survivor fun. Yeah. If you put in uh, 16 people who just play by game theory, you get pretty old. Yeah. But you throw in like a Courtney, you throw in like a Debbie Warner, you throw in people like that who uh, play off emotions or play off insanity. It's fun. 
So Courtney, she wants John Robert out so bad, she tells the planet Shreel, like, hey, they're coming for you. I'm not going to vote for you. I'm voting for John Robert. Courtney, playing chaotic. <laughs> Can't advise this. No, it's, it's not good gameplay. I don't blame her at all for it, but it's not good gameplay. Yeah. Courtney woke up and chose chaos. She nearly convinces Todd to do it. Amanda is the one who's the voice of reason here. It's like, uh-uh. We can control Jean Robert. I don't think we can cl- control Sharia. Mm-hmm. So Amanda's the voice of reason. <laughs> Maybe next vote. <laughs> tribal Council. Iconic Tribal Council. John Robert refers to himself as a bad boy. And Courtney and Sharia just rip him apart for it. Uh, Jeff, I'm kind of like the bad boy of the tribe. Oh, you're a bad boy, Jean Robert. Oh, what does that even mean? The bad boy of poker? He's the bad boy of poker. Dude, what? <laughs> what a nerd. The bad boy of poker? <sighs> I don't even want to say nerd, but like you need to be aware of... like. The, the ramifications of your words and in what world can you seriously like you know straight faced call yourself a bad boy what like, does it even mean are you in middle school I mean what is going on like, here oh I'm a bad boy and then Courtney says do you have a Harley I don't know about and then Jeff is just like I don't know how to play off this so would he be a bad boy if he had a Harley <laughs> What's happening? I could watch Courtney make fun of Jean Robert all day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it was a little bit, you know, this is a little bit of one of those uncomfortable tribals, but I did enjoy the way that Courtney just laid into Jean Robert because he, he deserves he everything thrown his way. If you look at this episode in a bubble, right? Because Jean Robert wasn't bad in this episode. So, like, if you were to come in in Survivor, episode six of the premiere, you'd be like, wow, Courtney is really mean. Why is she doing this to poor John Rick? Because he's like, if that's how you feel, I can't change your mind. Like, you know, he's trying to play cater. He's trying to do it nice. He's doing all the right things now, but, you know, you can't use a little fire extinguisher to put out a forest fire. Yeah. Like, <laughs> have you seen the previous five episodes? Right. This is where context matters. Yeah. So, I, I enjoyed it for that reason. Yeah. So for best player, I had Amanda. She got the idol info from Todd, so she clearly got a good relationship with Todd, good enough to get that clues. Uh, kidnapping James, talking Todd into voting on a Sharia, and eliminating Sharia. Yeah, I think her and Todd are, are kind of linked at the hip. Um, it feels a little bit like you will Becky, like that, that combo, where they're strategizing together. It's just, you know, how many of the strategic opportunities come to each. And when Todd pulled Amanda aside and said, I think we should vote out Jean Robert tonight... Amanda proved that she was better this episode mm-hmm. because Sharia is the right move. I mean, love him or hate him, Jean Robert is kind of tied to you guys. Yep. You control him. He can't just flip to the other three and change the game. He's not likable enough to really do anything with the rest of the people <laughs> on the tribe. So if you're the two power players in the power alliance on your tribe, you keep him around. And Amanda was like, we got to keep him. And that was right. So if you play the same game and then one person is the voice of reason, it's got to be Amanda. Uh, worst player, I had Courtney. As a, God love her. She's great. <laughs> but going after John Bear, I, I don't blame her for it, but she tried too hard when the rest of the tribe wasn't willing. Uh, ended up being on the wrong side of the votes. It was, it was five votes for Sharia, two for John Bear. I said Courtney, and to detail it just a little bit better in case uh, you know people are trying to picture the episode, there was a moment at Tribal where she kind of said, I feel like I'm on the outs in my own tribe. And Todd and Amanda, mostly Todd, comes in and says, I really don't feel that way. And Courtney's like, I feel like we're on a really clicky tribe. And then Todd said, I feel like I click with you. I feel like we're really good friends. I feel like we have different personalities, but I love you. You're amazing. And like, you know, this is one thing Todd did that was to his credit. I didn't give him best player because you know I thought more of the strategy being important. But 
you're ostracizing yourself when you air that kind of laundry at Tribal. That's something that you can talk to them about in silent, but she felt more comfortable telling Jeff in front of everyone rather than trying to correct it herself. So for everything you said, and then also that, you know, putting herself on the outs, Courtney. Sounds good to me. And that's the end of the pre-merge. Now the final 10. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen next? Yeah. So our winner pick, Todd, has made it. Would you guys stay with Todd as your winner pick, or would you change somebody else if you could? Now we're all stuck with Todd. Can't change it. But yes. if you could, would you? And to who? I wouldn't change it. I do think, even though we don't see James finding the second idol, it's heavily implied that he's going to go back to that camp and find that. So like, if, you, if you're trying to go the idol route... James is a physical beast, could win every individual immunity, you know, in theory. I guess, you know, I don't know about puzzles. And then if he loses two, he's got idols. So he's poised to go far in the game. But I think Todd is in a great power position, and I wouldn't switch. If I were to switch, I would consider switching to Amanda. But I do feel like, one, the edit has been more favorable to Todd. And two, Todd has gotten more chances, more opportunities to build the proverbial survivor resume. And if his alliance is going to be the one that survives, they would be the ones that he would be the one that would be more likely to be voted for. So I'd stick with Todd. Yeah, Derek put it in really good words. I'd, I'd stick with Todd. Yeah, I agree completely. Best player of the pre-merge. I say Amanda. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Well, that caught me off guard. Okay. Yeah, no. And, and this is just me trying to stay consistent because I think that Todd, through no fault of his own, people recognize that he is someone who's very strategic, very crafty. He's going to have a bigger target. He's in a better position to win if he makes it to the end. But Amanda has a chance to turn it on here, has a chance to cut Todd's throat, take the power position for herself, and have a little bit more leeway with those other people based on what we've seen thus far. So surprisingly, for my preferred type of pre-merge, I'm going to say Amanda, and that's not a knock against Todd at all because I think that he has done almost all the right things. I am going to go Todd here just because I have enjoyed his strategic side a little bit more. I'm not, I'm not going to blame Derek, though. I, I think he makes a very compelling argument for pre-merge performance. Derek's being consistent with what he's Derek, Derek is being extremely consistent, and I respect that. Yep. I, I'm still going to go Todd here, but I think I think they, it's really splitting hairs just because they seem like they're so tight. They're easy one and two. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> Because, shocker, you're not going to pick any anyone else right now, as it sits right now in the game. There's no one else to pick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with Todd just because I gave him more best players of the episode. That's you, that's my metric. Yes. Your metric is different, and that's fine. I respect the Amanda pick because, like I said, very consistent uh, from your, your school of thought. I'm going to go with Todd. Yeah. But uh, I think Amanda's great, too. How about worst player of the pre-merge? And just a reminder, we cannot pick any of the people who have been voted out. It's only the people who make the merge. Is Jean Robert. Yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, I mean, from beginning to end, his game was kind of a train wreck. Yes, in this last episode, he kind of said and did all the right things to the camera. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think he did a little bit more like objectifying when they went on reward and there were yep. some bathtubs. So I have to, you know, walk that back a little bit. He did that. I had forgotten about. Yep. That has been a consistent theme through the entire pre-merge. So you've already ostracized yourself from, I don't want to just like generically say like women, but anyone who doesn't appreciate that kind of behavior, which tends to include people that you're objectifying, Mm -hmm. which happens to be women. What? Um, Never. (laughs) Also going in with the plan of being super lazy and then slowly like building it up. Well, guess what? By the time you get there, everyone hates you. And they're like, okay, now he's just trying to save face. That's trash. And then also in the middle of all this, he kind of tried to be the shooter for a while. Like, I'll just perform in challenges. No, no, no. You are here not by your own volition. You're here despite yourself. And I think I want to go on record and say that Jean Robert cannot win the game against anyone. Yep, I agree with that. I don't think Jean Robert can win 
if we're not going to say can't win, he's definitely least likely, but I will go so as far as, far to say he can't win. Yeah, because to me, any one of the, like, on the, the Minority Three Alliance, if they make it to the end, they win the underdog story, mm-hmm. I think. And I think that Courtney does have better relationships with everyone than maybe even she thinks that she does. Yeah. And I think those are the only people that you could consider as not being possible. Everybody likes Courtney except Jean Robert. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. He hasn't met uh, those three people uh, over at Jean Hu. Uh, so let's just say that by chance they're all on, on the jury and Jean, or Jean Hu. And uh, Jean Robert is, is at final tribal and he gets all three of their votes. Still not enough to win. Nope. You don't got enough. <laughs> So unless there's a massive change in his attitude and people for some reason completely decide uh, that they want to uh, just change their perspective on him between now and the end of the game, yeah, least likely. Here's how Jean Robert wins the game. We're going to play a little game real fast. Everyone else dies? No, there is a massive flood and he saves like an entire village (laughs) from drowning. And then they're like, you know what? You suck at Survivor, but that was pretty awesome. We're going to give you the money. That's the only way that Jean Robert wins in my opinion. So, any other thoughts on the pre-merge going into the merge? Oh, I will also... I, I, I do feel the need to give Courtney a dishonorable mention, though. For oh, I, yeah. Like, I can't give her the worst just because Jean Robert exists. <laughs> but... <laughs> Jean Robert exists. But she is not far behind, sure. and, and those two are significantly below everyone else sure. on the season. I, I'll sign off on that. Uh, anything else uh, about this going into the merge? All I can say is, even if you've listened to this podcast... Go watch the season on the entertainment aspect alone. This is one of the few times that I I think I can say without a doubt for the entertainment alone, go watch this one because it it is a lot of fun, a lot of great cast members, and the low points aren't so low that they ruin it. They actually help to develop the characters in in their own weird, twisted, despicable ways. Mm -hmm. So I I can't recommend this season enough. Go watch it. Weather Report, anything you want to say on the Weather Report? China's been interesting. For one, they were walking around in the mud, and it was raining all the time. And I have no idea why they built their camp, because they were kind of given preset camps, and the one preset camp was put in a basin that fills up with water. Yep. That's rough. Other than that, I mean, the rice got moldy. I uh, Just a tough break. It doesn't seem like it's the hardest season. I would compare it maybe to Australia, the other sure. sort of inland game. Yeah. Um, Amazon was kind of inland as well, right? Yep, yep. I, I think that, weirdly enough, I'm com- their best comparables are Australia and Amazon. So, All right, Josh. You are a memorability consultant. Yes, I am. Uh, halfway through the season, we're through the pre-merge. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the most memorable moment so far of the Survivor China? Uh, so my two finalists from uh, the pre-merge here that stuck out to me. One... The tribe steal. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, it's kind of, it, it's tough to hone in on one specific moment, but like the idols being so obvious, like I just put obvious idols. So it's one, like the camera shots that you see all the time of them there. And then also them just like actually like getting them down. Uh, those are the two that seem to float to the top here in the pre-merge at least. The one that always sticks in my mind is just the, the, the image of Jamie, like, giggling as she's throwing the challenge. Like, that's the, the image that's seared into my mind. Mm. And I, I'll agree based on the, it's the idea of the idol because it's this recurring visual theme. I mean, Survivor is, as much as it is, like, a strategic where you have to think about it medium, it's a visual medium. And they never missed a trick when it came to showing that idol in the background. I'm going to go with the tribe still here. Uh, And it kind of does use the culmination of just like what results from it uh, leading into the challenge, though, and then tossing the puzzle piece uh, just like off the board there. But it it really is just the the essence of the tribe steal that stands out in the pre-merge. Okay. 
We'll see if that uh, ends up winning the whole thing. All right, that's it for Cyber trying to pre-merge. We'll all be doing the post-merge next, which is pretty fun. Final 10. We'll see how this goes for our winner picks. And I'm excited because, again, I have no idea. Genuinely don't know. But anything else, guys? No, I'm excited. No, I'm good. I'm excited to, to hear what Derek has to yeah, say and fun. his reactions. Hopefully his takes get a little better. I doubt and it. Most of my takes were okay. I had one that you didn't like. Most. Yeah, you had your low point. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at CastawayPod. All right. This has been the Castaway Consultants. Got nothing else for you. Good night.